Blog Talk Radio. Jason Jordan. That's what we've been waiting for. That was the moment that tonight was built around. And we got our answer, good or bad. It happened. Kurt Angle making some news tonight, having an illegitimate son, and a very exciting raw. Hello, everybody. My name is Al Larcher, and this is a show that talks wrestling. That's right. We talk post-raw wrap-up, and we take your calls. At any point, please feel free to call in. Drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking. Would help if I knew the phone number. That's probably uh, step one. A little bit of a rough start getting started here today. It's uh, been a while since I've been here on Blog Talk. It's been a while since I've done a show. And it's a long time since I've talked wrestling. Very excited to do it. Happy to be here. And uh, what a raw it was. It was one of those you tune in for because the selling points were all there. You had a major match in Joe versus Roman Reigns. You had a major announcement in Kirk, Kurt Angle and um, what the case may be. Um, and I want to know what you were hoping for and what you got. If they met equally or if you're disappointed. I'm sure there's a lot of people right now who are very disappointed by, um, by the Kurt Angle announcement who are probably hoping for a little bit more than what they got. And uh, they had to deal with it because, I mean, it is what it is, but... You know, when he was mentioning he had a kid, I was kind of hoping it'd be Alexa Bliss because, one, I mean, any more time she could get on television is okay by me. And, two, I think she would play that um, daddy's girl role really, really well. As a matter of fact, it would get really creepy really fast because, you know, Vince McMahon and whatnot, um, always a little creepy. So, you know, it would have went there. And that's okay, though. I mean, that's why we love wrestling. We we like hearing I don't know what I just did. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm breaking things and pushing buttons here, trying to figure this damn thing out. And we'll get there. I mean, this is show number one. And, um, well, let's just run down Raw. Actually, I'd really like to find the phone number. I think that would be important. That's probably the best thing we could do right now is have a number to start getting phone calls, to start talking Raw. Because if not, then I'm just talking, which is fine because I enjoy talking. But 
you know, I mean, there's better things in this world than listening to me. Dean uh, Ambrose, he enters the ring with a chair who we find out is Steely Dan. It's his, his new chair friend. And he's coming into the ring as they're recapping the Miz attacking him last week. This is the beginning of Raw. He gets in the ring, and uh, he calls for a fight. You know, he panders locally into the crowd, says Nashville deserves a fight, and people want to see him fight. And, and they seem happy. As a matter of fact, this crowd all night long seemed very happy with what WWE was uh, feeding them. They seemed like they were comfortable with it. They were okay. Ooh, excuse me. And, and, and they wanted more of it, really, quite frankly. But uh, So, yeah, he, he's in the ring. He's got Steely Dan with him, and he's ready for a fight, man. He wants the Miz Duraz to come out there, and he wants to do nasty things to them. He wants to get down and dirty. And uh, we wait, and we wait. And, uh, it turns out Miz doesn't come, but rather Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins shows up, comes to the ring, gets in there. And they, they calmly talk back and forth. Then he basically tells, Seth Rollins tells Dean Ambrose, hey, man, you need to calm down, which is the absolute worst thing you can do to somebody because, you know, they really don't want to calm down. Nobody wants to, when, right, when people are fired up, the last thing they want to do is calm down. So that was said, regardless, uh, Dean Ambrose fires back with, uh, well, you're the one who comes up with the, the plans. You're the one who stays calm. Man, that's not my style. So they kind of look like Seth's trying to make some friends here. Looks like he's trying to get in good graces with his former Shield mate, Dean Ambrose. But Dean Ambrose really just doesn't trust him. He just doesn't want anything to do with him, which makes sense because Dean or Seth Rollins for so long was just a, a troll of the authority. He, he, was just, he did what they said, and he was happy with it. He fed what was given to them. So to have him kind of come out there and be able to discuss his view on things and, and let uh, Ambrose represent the, the fans was pretty good. It was good storytelling. And um, Dean, of course, just kind of says no, no. Um, and basically he says, you're either standing in my way or by my side. This is, uh, this is Rollins. And um, he, Seth goes on to apologize. He finally gets out there, all the crap he's done. Uh, all the BS he, he's put us through as fans and when we, we trusted and wanted him to be one of us. And uh, we also learn um, that he's sorry. He's sorry to Dean Ambrose for everything he's done. And he points out that, hey, because of this breakup, because of the things we, we did, we now have had title shots. You took the title off of me. We've had some wars together. But let's put that behind us, which was a lot of the theme of this show. It really was hey, let's put things behind us. They were doing that all damn night um, in basically every segment. Hey, even uh, Roman Reigns had a, had a thing. We'll get to that later. But, um, okay, so he says, let's put this behind us, and Dean still is crazy, and he wants no part of it. He just wants a fight, but he's not uh, going to hit Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins basically turns his back with Dean Ambrose with a chair in his hand. Dean Ambrose throws the chair out of the ring and uh, basically says, well, I'm not going to do that either. And then before anything really goes down, here comes The Miz to save the day. Because let's face it, these two in the ring have been boring for a long time. And, and The Miz, he, he really, he saved SmackDown. If you notice, SmackDown has gone to hell since he's left. And now he's here to save Raw, and Raw has gotten more entertaining since he's arrived. So he comes to the ring with his, his new Miz to Raj. you got Axel and Dallas with him. And they surround the ring like sharks. They got now the steel chairs. As a matter of fact, Steely Dan, in a major move, had a swerve. 
he switched sides and he joined uh, Dean. Or, I'm sorry, he joined Miz. He's now in Miz's hands and he's ready to go beat on some uh, some of the, the uh, some of the former Shield. But the former Shield, you know, they're tough guys. They've won some world titles. They know what they're doing in the ring and they're ready for a fight. And they go and uh, there's a stare down before the Miz Daraza attacks Dean and Seth. And uh, Dean and Seth get beat down pretty severely by, uh, by the Miz which is uh, nice to see. I just dropped my phone. I swear to God, as the weeks go by, the show is going to get much better. Number one, I'll figure out the phone number for people to call in because it's hard to do a call-in show if you don't have that. It's like dumbest thing in the world to start a show and not know that, and I apologize. And uh, what else we got here? No. Okay. All right. So that, now we move into the next segment, which has Bailey and the sweet, sweet, beautiful, lovely, talented goddess that is Alexa Bliss. She is to wrestling really what Jesus was to the Bible. I mean, if, if you like the New Testament, and I mean, a lot of people do. Um, she really is a savior. And as much as Miz helped save SmackDown. The other reason you tuned into that show last year was Alexa Bliss and watching her rise from just a great backside into a talented entering performer and even more amazing on the mic. This girl has just killed it. And, it, you know, it's not, it's not just the beauty. The beauty draws you in, certainly. Certainly you see her and you're like, wow, I want to keep looking at her. Um, and I think we all kind of thought the same thing when we first saw her. She's going to be another pretty girl. Vince is going to push hard, but is going to have absolutely zero talent in the ring, especially when the big uh, diva rev- revolution is going on. Um, everyone's expecting, you know, there's going to be this awesome party. There's going to be uh, nonstop fun, and uh, it's going to be nothing but talented women wrestling. Well, the problem with that is you only have like five what, total? How many women are on the, the, the roster total? Probably about 10, 15 women. And seven of them are passable. You know, four of them are, are great, and um, the rest are crap. And, you know, it certainly felt like Alexa was going to be crap, and she hasn't. She puts on phenomenal matches, not AJ Styles phenomenal, but matches that you, you believe in. They're entertaining. You see her size and you go, well, hell, she's not going to get anything done. I mean, she's a tiny girl. She's five foot. You know, she's not a, a journeyman like uh, Bailey or, um, or Banks. She's somebody who, who was uh, basically a weightlifter, a bodybuilder, and she came into wrestling because of basically, probably, most likely, I mean, I hate to say it, but her looks probably played a huge part in that. And, uh, she goes out there, and she seems extremely passionate about learning wrestling. Like, every match you see with her tends to get better. It's, it's not a couple moves here or there. You know what? I'll just say this. She's already a better wrestler than Ryback is. And Ryback's been wrestling for how long? I mean, she, she's far past Ryback. If they were to bring Ryback back, which I would only be in favor of if they put him in the women's division, I think he would be incredible. For um, for her because she would dance, she would be able to be the ring general out there. That's how bad he is and how good she is. And I, I really hope that happens because I think that. What's this now? 
All right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Some weird stuff going on here today. It's day one, you know, so figuring stuff out still. But, uh... Oh, I get it now. You see, the DJ who works for the WWE also runs the uh, the board here. And uh, you just random people can intrude in their music plays when they come out. And that's exactly what happened. We got the beautiful Bailey and the lovely Bliss in the ring. Bailey goes strong. Um, I'm sorry, Bliss actually takes it to Bailey right out of the bat. You know, again, smaller girl. You would think she would kind of shy away from this super talented Bailey who all the kids love, but she doesn't. Bliss goes right at her, goes after her hard, um, opens up the match strong. Bailey fights back, and then out of nowhere, Nia Jack's music plays, and here comes Nia Jax, and everyone just kind of stops and enjoys it for a second. You know, she just walks to the ring with her music playing. Now, I understand tonight was a really big night for uh, Kurt Angle. I mean, by God, you know, his wife must be absolutely devastated to find out now that that he they have an adult child even though I, I don't think he's been married to her as long uh, as what a second wife or third if i'm not mistaken i, I could be completely wrong I, i'm just talking out of my ass at that point but anyways he, the wife is okay you know he's been dealing with this and she's been texting weird emojis crying all day and i understand he doesn't have an opportunity tonight to talk to uh the dj uh, over by the gorilla position, but really he needs to sit down as a general manager and discuss with this man that you cannot be having matches be interrupted by people just randomly coming down with their music playing. I mean, this is there's a profession going on. There's a sporting event. They don't have the band play in the middle of a football play. It happened once, and they, they made a big deal about it. They they sang about it in that song American Pie. It was such a big deal. This happens weekly, and it needs to stop. And, and these, these general managers, these uh, owners, this, this Vince McMahon, they need to have a meeting, and they need to stop this from happening because, damn it, it's just annoying as hell. So Nia comes to the ring, and her with, um, with Alexa Bliss reminds me a lot of Sean and Diesel. I think maybe one of the announcers even mentioned that. Uh, you know, she's just a, a very large woman, again, uh, standing next to a very tiny woman who – definitely does need a little backup and it fits her character really really well and i think nia Jax as a character kind of seeing she might not be up for the fight as a world title contender but if she steps back she still gets as much spotlight being bliss's bodyguard and eventually down the road it'll lead to something uh those two going at it again and uh and, and we can enjoy that at that point um so yeah, it was it was a decent match. I mean, they put some time into it. They built, they told a story. Um, Nia Jax stands in, in as a bodyguard, and uh, she basically protects uh, a ba- uh, against Bailey outside of the ring. Out of nowhere, here comes Banks, and the crowd pops, which was nice to see because I've been really down on Banks lately. Um, super talented. Just something's not right, and I think maybe it's just her being a face, and maybe next week that changes, but... She just comes off as really, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I follow her on Instagram, which I, I think as a, as a dude on the backside of 30s is, is getting a little creepy, me following these you know, younger wrestling gals. But I, I do follow her on Instagram, and basically all she does is show products. 
and, and it gets frustrating and it's annoying. And meanwhile, you like look at, you know, Alexa's Instagram and it's it just fun times and Disneyland and, and parties. You know, that brings up another point. I really wish I had a number to give out so people could call in because I really need help with this question. Um, Alexa Bliss is coming to, uh, to Chicago. She's coming to uh, Comic-Con. And uh, I don't like going to those things because really I don't like being around that many people, especially that many people dressed up in weird costumes. It's just not my thing. But I, I do like meeting the wrestlers. I've gone in the past. I've enjoyed it, uh, meeting them, getting out of there. But I've never paid to meet a girl <laughs> in wrestling. You know, I mean, there's, you know, other stories that have nothing to do with wrestling, which is completely you know, a different subject altogether. But but I've never paid to get a picture with, with, with a female wrestler. And I really like Bliss as, as a wrestler, and I, I kind of want to do the picture, but I got to think, you know, she must see these fat, sweaty old guys coming up and getting these pictures, and just, it's just got to be creepy. It's just got to be wrong. It's just got to not feel right. And I don't really want to be that guy, even though it's her job and she's getting paid to be there, and I'm paying to get the picture. It's just, it, it just awkward. So I'd really like your thoughts on that. And the, if you if there's a button that says call in, push it, and you know I'll pick up and we'll talk, and you can maybe help me with that. And of course, I want to hear your thoughts on this eventful, exciting, newsworthy RAW uh, that took place. So yeah, Bliss goes down um, in the ring as those as Banks and Nia are having a war outside of the ring. Uh, Bailey gets the pin. And it's a non-title match. So Bailey wins the match clean, even though there was a little distraction outside of the ring. And um, that's going to set things up for a little later. Corey Graves, after the match, just walks away because he got some weird text. He got some information, and uh, he had to walk away immediately. And I really think this is another thing the GM and uh, management need to address. You can't have your announcer just, just walk away randomly in, in the middle of a, a segment. I mean, and then what we find out later is the reasoning, too. It's not that big of a deal. It's not like, uh, you know, he, Kurt Angle had sex tapes out there. Now, that would be that would be steamy. That would be something, you know, uh, him and Hulk Hogan can talk about. But that's not the case. This is a very innocent, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I had an affair with a lady, and there was a kid, and I didn't know about it till now, and now I'm happy to announce it's uh, it's Jordan. And uh, now we're going to push him. You know, that's basically all that happened. And, you know, I don't know. So WWE promotes their showing at the ESPYs. This is another one of their corporate packages that, uh, you know, yay. You know, good for them. I'm I'm happy they had fun. I'm glad they went to the ESPYs. And, uh, you know, it was nice to see some uh, slideshow home videos of their uh, experience there. Then we get a promo of uh, Roman Reigns in his yard because he – you know, he's all about his yard now. He's, he's very much like, um, like Brother Nero was with the landscaping out front of his house. Like Roman Reigns, very into the lawn care, very into taking care of uh, everything that is sitting in his lawn. And there's no junk allowed. He has nice Kentucky bluegrass, and, and he loves showing it off to the neighbors. His, his grass is greener than the other side, essentially which is probably Sammy Zayn's yard, which is just an absolute mess. There's dead grass everywhere. Angle uh, now has second thoughts. He's not sure if he should go out there. But uh, Corey Graves assures him this is the golden age of social media. And if he doesn't go out there, 
this is going to be exposed everywhere, and the Internet might come crashing down, and it might hurt inside. So he's very focused now, and he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. And something happens with Tazawa, the the Middle Eastern guy, and Titus is there, and they're they're talking about uh, some Middle Eastern dude who no one knows who he is. And it, it was all very confusing, and it was one of those segments because you see purple, you know you could start looking at your phone. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was looking at my phone, seeing what was going on in Twitter and uh, in the rest of the world. And uh, I got distracted. Uh, Chicago's own Mustafa Ali and uh, Jack Gallagher take on Brian Kendricks and Drew Gulak. Um, I think Jack Gallagher is a legitimate badass. Like, I mean, if you read his bio, I mean, he's done some MMA stuff. He's generally a pretty tough dude. And, you know, he plays this character, this goofy gentleman Jack thing, which I like. It's funny. Um, I, I think he does a great job with it. But at some point, you would think maybe that serious side would come out. And, that, and that's what I've been waiting for, and that's what I think uh, everybody's been waiting for. And I don't think it's going to happen. Because my theory is the, um, the cruiserweights are just um, – they're there to promote wrestling to children. I really believe that. I think that they aim that division at a specific demographic, and it's the kids, it's the little kids. You know, and it makes sense. You have these colorful guys who do all these very flippy athletic moves, and they're out there, and they're exciting, and they're daring, and they seem like Power Rangers, and they like video games, and it's nothing but good times. And I can see how that would appeal to the kids, and I think if they did it right, it would actually work. But it's not being done right. It's just a disaster. It's just not fun to watch. And I can't see kids enjoying watching it either because it's just that bad. I mean, the -the over-the-top characters are fine, but it's the execution. It's the time given. It's the stupid ropes, which, by the way, you notice they changed. They didn't change the ropes later in the evening in uh, in the cruiserweight match. And I think think McMahon had a meltdown this week. I think he, he, he started yelling about cruiserweights, and then he started yelling about talking smack. And he started changing a bunch of things, which, you know, maybe for the better because the cruiserweight thing is not working. I mean, if, if I had my druthers, what I'd like to see is them take that cruiserweight division and aim it towards the kids, stick with that demographic, but teach them different wrestling styles. I think the thing we really liked, and, and by we, I mean the wrestling internet, we enjoyed seeing the cruiserweight classic because there were a lot of these different styles of wrestling explained to us. Um, kind of given their country of origin based on the performer. Um, and, and we saw the, these indie darlings that, that, you know, some you can see now in uh, New Japan. By the way, G1 Classic, how about that? Great match with uh, Naido and um, Ibushi. Uh, I, I stayed up watched it last night. I was really impressed by that. Good times. This is my first G1 paying attention to. If you're not on it, you know, just go to New Japan World, pay $10 a month, and enjoy the hell out of it. I mean, it's just good, fun wrestling. Um, anyways, the, the Cruiserweight Classic showed a lot of different styles. And, you know, your, your luchadors, uh, your British style, your submission style, your, the Japanese strong style. Um, they were all on display. And I think if you start teaching kids at a young age, the benefit that we didn't have, me being a Gen Xer, as a wrestling fan, if, I, if you just watch WWE, which pretty much is what I did. I grew up only on WWE, and what was fed to me, you're familiar with just one style of wrestling, 
And when you see other styles, it doesn't seem as impressive because the big package is put behind this one style. But in the real world, it behooves the WWE to, to, to have multiple styles and be able to use talent of all different styles and sizes um, to keep their shows interesting, which is really something that's lacking in, in the mid-card. Although I think tonight was really good. Everything had focus and reasoning. And sometimes the explanation to get there was a little long, but um, I think overall, minus some of the cruiserweight stuff, everything was telling a story, and uh, I did enjoy that. So anyways, yeah, I, I think the cruiserweights could be used to teach kids different styles, and when they get older, they'll appreciate wrestling a little better, and WWE can broaden their horizons, but that's not, uh, that's not for me to say. Uh, next segment was Enzo with uh, no regerts. He, he didn't eat a milky way. And he got confused, and uh, but basically Enzo comes out, good pop. This guy's over. This guy really is over, and um, he's somebody I really would avoid in real life. He's somebody who would irritate me very quickly, and uh, he's somebody I would probably not want to hang out with for too long. Fun in small doses. That's what that's what I think. I think he's he's a guy who's who's really fun in small doses, but I, I think he would irritate me pretty quickly. And, um, but yet his performances are really good and he really is growing on me. And that character is really becoming, um, becoming something. And I'm not sure if he's going to become a manager. Um, maybe start with, uh, with a big show and be almost Andre, the giant Bobby Heaton, like, um, kind of an odd couple there, but, um, I, I think Enzo's work is really good in the ring. He comes out with the street clothes. You can't teach that. He does his usual bit. Basically says he has no regrets uh, with the time he put in with Cass. He took a lot of beatings. Well, Cass just kind of stood by. and um, but, but he doesn't regret any of it because he had a focus, and he believes at one time Cass had a focus too. And, um, you know, it is what it is, and now it's moved on. And uh, Enzo then has the production team show video footage of last week. When Enzo or when uh, Big Cass ran from Big Show, and uh, he kind of you know laughs at him and says, "Look, look at look at you, you're, you're running away. You're, you're the biggest guy in the yard, in the Roman yard, um, but but yet you're running away. I'm the smallest guy here, and I'm ready for a fight. And uh, thank God now at this point because now it's been going on way too long. Like I said, Enzo is like the guy at the party you're, you get in one good conversation with, and then next thing you know, it's still going on and on and on, and you want out of it. And uh, thankfully, yeah, Big Cass comes out and ends the party. And uh, the place, again, Nashville really doing a good job of, of um, giving the WWE what they want. And uh, they chant, Casshole. And uh, he comes out looking like Frankenstein, you know, he, he, kind of boring, kind of stiff. Um, but it, it, it oddly works for him. I'm not down on Cass by any means, even if I criticize him a little bit. I think he's doing a good job in the role that's been given to him. And uh, so Enzo goes, he jumps out of the ring. He, he, he grabs some kid. I think he's about to kidnap him. I don't know what's going on. He's awkward Santa sitting in the lap. And then all of a sudden, Big Show comes out and uh, looks like Enzo set up Cass to come out there and fall for a trap with Big Show. So Cass goes right after Big Show. Big Show fights back, pulls Cass out of the ring, gives him a beatdown that, uh, that he deserves. But then Cass comes back, dominates, destroys Big Show, leaves him bloodied. 
And uh, Cass walks away looking stronger than ever. Enzo looks like maybe he could do some managing. Maybe uh, maybe there is a place for him uh, in kind of a um, I'm going to shill product type stuff backstage that, uh, uh, what was it, Santino used to do. Um, but yet maybe also use him as a manager who, who occasionally wrestles in you know, a couple matches here and there and uh, gets his ass kicked because I don't think there's much there outside of that, uh, outside of him being sort of a jobber. Um, yeah, good heat overall. Let's see. Next up, we get uh, Roman Reigns drinking water. And when uh, it's, uh, Charlie Caruso comes over, asks him some questions, and he talks about the past being the past, yet he brings up The Undertaker and beating The Undertaker, which made him the future by beating the past, which is yet talking about the past, which was all very confusing, and I yawned, and we moved on from there. Dean and Seth are uh, the new uh, Cesaro and Sheamus arguing like grumpy old men backstage, and here comes Angle, who said, what just happened earlier? Um, and sets them up for a match next week with the Miz Taraz, a three-on-two. They're in. They're excited. They want to do it. Then we go to the ring, and we get absolute excellences. Elias Sampson is there to perform for these rude, uh, obnoxious Nashville fans. Believe me. I'm in Chicago. You know, I like the Blackhawks. I saw those Predators. I, I saw that whole hockey thing. And, and man, those, that town is just full of obnoxious people. I mean, very rude. Very, very nasty people. And here's Elias Sampson trying to, to do a show, trying to perform for these people with a song he just wrote that day about their town. And, and they, they won't give him any of it. Awful people. So, as a matter of fact, I believe that was a line in the song. People are awful. Music is much worse. Baylor then, arri- Baylor then ar- arrives, stops everything, comes out looking cool, looking badass, looking like he's ready for a fight. He right now is everything I wish Shinsuke Nakamura would be. You know, I was really high on Shinsuke um, signing with the WWE. Um, after his first match with the Sami Zayn, I thought, wow, we're going to get something special here. And it's been downhill since there. And everything they tell us that is Shinsuke, I see in Balor. Um, and I realize they both come from New Japan. And uh, they, they have different but similar styles. Um, but Shinsuke being a, a bigger size, I thought he would be more of a draw, more of an attraction, more better performer in the ring. Not better performer in the ring, but, but something different, something fresh. And... Uh, that hasn't happened. It's been very stale, very boring. Where Balor, you know, he, he had that huge push that went right into an injury, and it, it felt pretty grim from there. And uh, the fans have stuck by him. And I think the WWE machine has no problem putting the rocket behind him because of the fans, um, which is something they seldom do. You know, they tend to fight us too often, but I don't think that's going to be the case with him. So then we get uh, Samson versus Balor. Nice George Jones reference there. I like that. Um, they, had, they did a good job of keeping Samson strong. I thought the guitar smash was cool, classic, something we've seen before, but something we haven't seen in a while. 
Um, my only complaint there was I think they went to the replay one too many times because they showed the guitar smashing into the shoulder when initially I was like, wow, they, they went with a headshot there. Um, but, yeah, they exposed it in the replays that it was he, he bashed that really hard into his shoulder, which, you know, it fits a narrative, too, because Beller had the shoulder issue. So and not a bad uh, not a bad or wrong move there, but it, it did kind of feel like a headshot that went into a shoulder shot. Um, we see blood again. This is the second time in Raw on this show. Somebody's bleeding. Um, it does feel like there's more of an edge lately, and it also feels like there's more of a focus. And uh, these little things, I mean, essentially Elias Sampson versus Finn Balor is a star versus lower mid-card guy. And uh, the way they've built this, just like they would do with, with Enzo, Cass, and Big Show, it's very personal. I understand why they're fighting, and I want to see them fight. Big Show's mad now. And now he's going, he's the old giant going up against the young up-and-coming giant, and they were pushing that hard, mentioning uh, Cass is 26 uh, years old, and, you know, Big Show more or less on his way out. Uh, again, here's another. That, that's a bit, That's a mid-card to upper mid-card feud right there, and it's only upper mid-card because the Big Show's legacy. And here we have a main eventer in, in Finn Balor going up against essentially a jobber who hasn't really proved much of anything on Raw. And it should feel like a garbage feud, which it is, but yet because they're making it very personal, the way they're making Elias seem like he just doesn't care. Like he's just he, he's ignorant to the fact that he's not very good and uh, uh, that he's not this huge star, but he believes he is. I, I like the character a lot, and um, I think they like the character a lot too. And I think we're going to see a pretty big push from him. And I don't think he's as terrible in the ring as at first. Uh, I think we kind of thought he was going to be or what he was showing in NXT. I think now that he's been given the bigger stage and he's in the big man's world and McMahon likes the big men, that uh, it's starting to, to work. So Balor gets bloodied by a guitar and he's walking back. And all of a sudden this dopey, uh, speaking of jobbers, Bray Wyatt starts laughing. <laughs> you know, just on and on. <laughs> It's as annoying as that. And it keeps going and going and going and going. And he starts going on and on and on about God knows what. And he's complaining about this. And he's jobbing about that. And he, he says he's a real man. And he's coming for Beller. And then he laughs more. And then it ends. And it, no one knows what's going on. And no one cares. And God damn, Bray Wyatt, man. There's a guy who... <sighs> you wanted to believe in. He's a guy you wanted to really see take off. And uh, it didn't happen, and I, I don't think it's going to happen. And as much as they push him to a world title, it, it feels undeserved at this point. And uh, they've buried him, and uh, they made a mockery of his character. And, uh, you know, it's not completely his fault, but at the same time, I don't really remember any matches where I'm like, man, that guy, that guy was amazing. He gave it his all. Or, you know, where I have said those things against guys like Braun Strowman or, or even Elias Sampson, I'm seeing more more fight out of than Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt just blows. I mean, that's the bottom line. He just, he sucks. So now Angle says he's ready to dish the dirt. Now he's pumped. Uh, girls are arguing backstage. It's Bailey and uh, the boss. And uh, both are claiming they should be the number one contender for the women's title, for Alexa Bliss's women's title at SummerSlam. And uh, Angle says, well, 
you know what? Why don't you two solve it by wrestling each other next week? Which is good. I'm, I'm excited for that match. Um, we've seen it before. We've seen it a lot. But I, I'm hoping this is where we see uh, Banks uh, flip, go heel. Because, yeah, like I said earlier, there's just something lost in who she is right now. And um, there's so much talent in the women's division on Raw that's just kind of kind of lost right now because they're going more sports entertainment with, with Bliss as champion, which, again, I have no problem with. I think it is the way to go. But I'd like to see the wrestlers being able to wrestle that can. And uh, I think these two ladies really can could put on a show, which they have in the past. Um, and, yeah, I hope it does end with maybe Banks. But let's say Banks does go bad. Well, I mean, what if she joined a three threesome with um, Bliss, Jax, Banks, um, and Bailey just kind of left on her own? Um, yeah, I can't see. I, I don't know where that goes because Bailey is just not hot right now. She's she's cooled off. Um, she, you know, she's building some wins back up, which is great. Um, but they dropped her so low to the bottom that. It, it, she feels damaged. It feels like there's some dents. When she hit that bottom, it wasn't a soft landing. It was hard, and it dented, and it, it's going to take a lot of body work to get that, that, those dents out, and uh, I don't think she's there yet. So even, even, even with a switch, I, I don't know. Unless she goes heel, that would be really interesting, uh, but I don't, I don't think they're going to go that route. Um, just, I think there is still money in her as, as a face, and uh, may, maybe they are getting there. I don't know. Well, we'll find out next week. It's a good hook going into next week's show. F the Revival. Um, the Revival are backstage, and uh, they hate flips. And that's why they attacked uh, the Hardy Boys, because they like to flip. They're flippy people, and they've been flipping around for many decades, and uh, the, the Revival want to put an end to that, and they don't respect them. So there's that. Tozawa versus uh, Davari. Um, we do learn who... Uh, Davari was talking about earlier. It was some kind of a, a, an Indian Olympic guy uh, that he's very proud of, which is nice. I mean, he's kind of the opposite of Jinder Mahal. He's, uh, he's an Indian guy who respects his, his culture. And uh, I don't know if he's Indian. He's Middle Eastern. Uh, he's a Middle Eastern man who respects his culture but isn't necessarily wanting to shove it in our face, even though, you know, kind of shoving it in our face, saying, hey, look at it. We got some good guys, too, who... Uh, who, who have some skills in the Olympics, like we really care. Because nobody, nobody really cares about the, the Olympics when the Olympics aren't over, unless it's like some drug scandal or, you know, a sex change or uh, something of that. That's, that's the only time we care about Olympians. And none of that's really happening here. So, you know, I, I, I think it's just, um, just kind of a blow-off there. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the ropes stayed red. And I, I just kind of noticed that in the middle of the match. Didn't even catch it till, till about halfway through the match. Um, Good match, decent. Uh, Tazawa, uh, Davari's basically beating on Tazawa's shoulder. He, he keeps injuring it, and uh, he's really working it hard. And O'Neill basically throws in the towel. Titus O'Neill throws in the towel and gives the match to uh, to, to uh, Davari, which upsets Tazawa, who yells, who's angry, who says, "I never quit. I never quit." And uh, O'Neal was just basically protecting his brand. Well, now we get the You Suck music as Kurt Angle enters. Um, everyone very supportive of, of him. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, I talked to my family. 
they're, they're supportive. I talk to the WWE, they're supportive. It, why wouldn't they be? Well, you, because 20 years ago, you made a kid who's now a WWE star. That's wonderful. Vince McMahon would be like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. I need more of that. We don't, can we get more kids in here? He loves pushing, you know, uh, kids, especially illegitimate ones. I mean, the, the midget kid who was Vince's, uh, you know, had a push for, for 100 years. What was the the leprechaun guy? So that's when I wasn't watching. I took a break at that point. Took like a decade off of wrestling. Just got back about WrestleMania 30. So uh, well, that's my story. Yeah. So everyone supported of him. He dated a young lady, gave birth to a boy, which was a real letdown to me because what I wanted to hear was, uh, I thought Alexa Bliss would be perfect, you know, and I already, I already talked about this, but yeah, I think she would have been great as like the daddy's, uh, daddy's girl, daddy's girl, you know, she gets what she wants when she wants it. And when things don't go her way, she goes right to daddy who has the power and make sure his baby girl gets taken care of. But like I said, it would, it would have gotten creepy. So they don't string it out for too long, drop some hints about being an All-American, and then Jason Jordan comes out. And as Virgil tweeted earlier today, uh, that apparently uh, Kurt Angle likes chocolate milk. Remember, he used to celebrate with milk, so uh, very astute of uh, Virgil there. After the announcement, the crowd went pretty mild. Nobody really cared. Uh, although this does give some direction to Kurt Angle. He's now a guy who... Basically, just seems like a weak general manager who really had no focus and was, you know, worried about what, this whole thing going on. Now he could be the guy who is favoring his son, who's who, who's overly proud of his boy. You know, he he could be the, the over proud dad who who makes sure his kid, you know, is starting on, on uh, the football team, even though he may not be ready yet. You know, he's a freshman, and now all of a sudden he's starting a varsity. And uh, he's good and talented, but he he's probably could be great and talented on the freshman team and, and slowly work his way towards the top, where immediately Kurt Angle is going to push him to the top. And now this gives him some friction with the rest of the roster. And, um, not again, not that the evil GM is, is the way to go, because I like it not being, especially in SmackDown, I think uh, Daniel Bryan does a great job when he's there of, uh, of being a... Uh, a baby face, or really just a neutral general manager. But I can see Kurt Angle still trying to be that guy, but yet, you know, he can't help himself pushing his son. And um, it gives, obviously, some direction to Jordan, who I think uh, suddenly Vince McMahon has an interest in. And uh, that, that's going to be good for, for Jason Jordan, who's super talented. And uh, it looks like Chad Gable is kind of getting a push over on SmackDown. So I, I don't think he's going to be left in the lurch. I think he, he's going to find his own as well. And uh, a lot of breakups this year. This is a really bad year to be in a relationship in the WWE um, in general. You know, from NXT to uh, SmackDown to Raw, there's just a lot of guys just not, you know, getting along. Gold Dust, Our Truth, um, Johnny Wrestling going through the table. Um, now, the American Alpha breakup. It looks like the hype bros are on some rocky ground. So, yeah, not, not a good year for relationships by any means. Um, speaking of relationships, the brothers are up next. The Hardy Boys come out. Revival Fowl. Um, I believe Revival have the best music in wrestling right now. Once I figure out the phone number and people start calling in, we can definitely go over what we think is the greatest theme song in wrestling because I think that's very important. I think that's something 
that really needs to be discussed and uh, figured out as soon as possible. Um, I was in the other room trying to get this show ready, and I kind of missed the end of it. I know Revival win uh, with a questionable pin. I didn't see it based on the announcers. It sounded like it was a clean but very close pin. Um, they cut backstage. Joe was mad, pissed off, does not like Roman Reigns. He's like the rest of the fans, and he's ready to beat someone down. Uh, they go to more PR crap, you know, some uh, special needs kid uh, weightlifters in the audience, and uh, they feature him. Again, nice. I'm not taking anything away from it. It just, you know, I, I don't know. I guess that's always been a part of wrestling, and uh, it always will be a part of wrestling. And uh, there's this need to feel like, hey, listen, we are, we, we are people who take care of the community, and uh, we are good people, even though we're wrestlers. And it's kind of a sideshow. Uh, let's see. They go to Tootsie's. Uh, which is a great place. If you ever go down to Nashville, you know, I, I said the Nashville people were terrible earlier, but I, I would like to say it's a, it is a wonderful city to visit. It's a great town to get drunk in. And uh, bar hopping, not a better place in the world. Rusev, Rusev understands. Like, Rusev gets it, man. He, uh, he definitely is feeling the Nashville groove. And uh, if, you, if you follow him on Twitter, you'll understand what I'm saying. And uh, he's, a, he's a country cowboy now. So now we get Reigns versus Joe. Good, brutal match. Ends exactly how you think it's going to end. And here comes Strowman. Strowman comes out, destroys both of them. Looks like we're going to get Reigns versus Joe versus Lesnar at SummerSlam, which is going to, you know, give an out for both Lesnar and uh, Roman Reigns for one of those two to, to lose. Um, and it'd be okay because Joe is probably going to take the pin. So it'll be interesting, but that seems to be where they're going. All right, well. No calls tonight. Next week, I'm going to make sure we get some phone calls lined up, uh, maybe some guests, uh, because nothing exciting about listening to me uh, yammer on what you just watched. You just saw it, you know, and then you're listening to this, and I'm running it down, and it's not good unless there's conversation. So till next time, have a good night.